Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In your area code, on the train, on the plane, all in the app, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast which is available on all platforms, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitch App, or simply by visiting scoopbradio.com. And on the line right now, don't you get tired of uh, coming on this podcast, Tim? <laughs> it's none other than my main man, Tim Thomas, talking everything basketball. What's going on, Chief? What's going on, man? I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. As usual. <laughs> you got a camp coming up. Or rather, a basketball tournament that's coming up later in the year. Excuse the noise in the background. That's one of my neighbor's alarms going off. Uh-oh. But uh, it's a high school showcase um, in New Jersey, so it's going to be pretty good. We're just trying to, you know, have a a big event that's really normally never in the state of New Jersey. Boys and girls during the winter time, um, you know, showcasing their talent. It's at East Orange campus in December. Um, give me the date. The 30th. Yes. 30th, East Orange yes. campus. Um, some pretty good teams from Philly, New York, um, Jersey, of course. Um, so it should be pretty good. You and I talked in the summertime just about New Jersey hoops, Pro-Ham. You know, people want to go to New York. People don't want to come to New Jersey. And so you had an East Orange campus. I didn't get to check you out. Back in the summertime, I was running like crazy. But um, you were in Hoopsville, uh, which was an eight-team league uh, based in EO. Uh, now you're taking that and you're moving it, you know, in December 27th to 30th. Notice you had Snyder High School uh, in Jersey City and a few other schools that are playing in it. Um, why New Jersey for pro I mean, it's what's needed. Jersey have basketball players as well. You know, New York is the mecca, so... I mean, honestly, you know, they're going to get everything. So we're just trying to hold our own as usual in New Jersey. That's what we do. So, you know, having a program for those guys, I think that's beneficial. Um, you know, in the future, we got to 
get some more of our Jersey pro guys to come back around and just, you know, help these guys in any aspect of the game of life and basketball as much as they can. Because, um, you know, once you get in any sport or anything, you know, it's your focus until you can't go anymore. So we just got to, you know, lead and direct these young kids, or these young men, you know, so to say, in, in the right direction. And that's what it's about, man, just being an OG to the situation. For those paying attention, 10 Times Hoopsville presents NJ High School Hoops Showcase December 27th to the 30th at East Orange Campus High School in East Orange, New Jersey. Confirmed Boys High School. You've got a lot. Lincoln, Canarsie Educational, uh, CJ DeSanti Foy, which is in Canada, I believe, Eastern in D.C., Frankfurt Friendship Collegiate, uh, Montclair High School, Norman Thomas, the Patrick School, Rutgers Prep, Simon Gratz. Um, and then, you know, on the, on the lady side, you have Canarsie Educational, East Orange Campus, Patterson East Side, Snyder High School, Trenton Central, and Immaculate Conception. How hard is it to actually get these schools to commit to playing in this holiday tournament? It's really not hard. I mean, people just, you know, want to get out and showcase their talent on both sides with the coaches, you know, and of course coaches is trying to make sure the kids is, um, you know, led in the right direction. So it's just, Pretty much just making sure these kids a good looking, good experience. Former McDonald's All American Tim Thomas, uh, checking in with Scoopy Radio. Radio. Played at Villanova University, played for the Sixers, played for the Suns, played for the Milwaukee Bucks, two cents <laughs> with the Chicago Bulls, the Los Angeles Clippers. He played for a lot of teams, played for the Knicks. Two two times with the Knicks, baby. The whole team. <laughs> so. When you look at Kyrie Irving, uh-huh. a guy who, like you, a New Jersey guy that's now playing for the home team, how difficult is it for someone to play for the home team or play, you know, in that in that tri-state area? I mean, it's not difficult. I mean, the hardest part is for him coming back home is just being able to tell people no. Mm. And on the tickets and just different requests, you know, as the season is going on. You know, because I don't know what they're going to do this year, but you know, in the future, you know, long runs in the playoffs, stuff like that. People are going to want a lot of attention. So, I mean, I, I think that's just the hardest part. But outside of that, I think it'd be fine. He's, he's been, you know, in so many different situations, won a championship. But he's a vet now. He understands. Why isn't Carmelo Anthony on an NBA team? Man, that's the question, right? Mm-hmm. How old is Melo? 35. 35? Mm-hmm. It's around that, that age. I mean, Melo still has game. Melo should be in the NBA. I mean, I don't understand. A lot of times politics get away of different things. But, you know, as a former player, you know, someone who played against Melo and understand the way that the game has changed. I mean, Melo is a guy any team in the NBA can use right now. Any team, honestly. Um, but, you know, I think with, with Melo um, – just, just the the prior stuff of of late, with not wanting to, you know, come off the bench and all of those kind of things. A lot of times, you put yourself in, in a tough situation, and then politics plays a big part. But um, but definitely, Melo should be in the in the league. Definitely, you know this better than anyone. Um, I, I was explaining to somebody the other day. I was talking about the the uh, Phoenix Suns team. Uh, Steve Nash, you. Uh, and a bunch of other guys on that team playing under Mike D'Antoni. 
Uh, then Tony has Russell Westbrook and, and, and James Harden in Houston this year. All right. How do you envision that working out? It's going to be interesting. I mean, um, if anybody could do it, then Tony can do it. I mean, I played, I was with him twice, um, also with the Knicks. So, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's one of those guys that's, um, one of the forefathers of that offense, you know, so, um, having two explosive guys like that, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. I heard, I read something the other day where they said they're going to play him at different times and then play him together in the fourth. So that's the thing that's tricky. I want to see how long that lasts. <laughs> You know. you know what? I was having this conversation with somebody. Uh, they had me on their podcast the other day. Maybe you you play in the NBA. I'll defer to you. Um, everybody's paying attention to Russell Westbrook. Everybody's paying attention to James Harden, right, in the, in, in the Houston Rockets office. But they have other guys. P.J. Tucker, Clint right. Carrella, um, right. uh, Eric Gordon. Solid who, guy. My young Gordon. Who not named Russell and Harden is going to benefit in that offense or on the team at large overall this year? All of them. All of, all Everybody that's on the team is going to benefit. reason why is because the game has changed so much, and it's it's more of an up-tempo, you know, spread spread the floor, let your best guys, you know, create, get their shots or whatever, right, in space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you think about it. Harden is left-handed, you know, but he goes either way. And, I mean, there's no slowing down Westbrook. So on each side of the floor, with one of them handling the ball, you can go into any set or any kind of, you know, flow of offense, or just give them space and let them go. So that's that's the tough part. That's why I said I want to see how long it lasts with um, the comment that was made with playing them at separate times and then playing them together in the fourth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for that team to be really you know successful, they're gonna have to play together. And just you know, rotate those those guys coming in off the bench because everybody's going to benefit off that. Trust. When I look at a player of your caliber while you played, um, I think there were very few people like you. You know, there was Al Harrington who came um, in the league, and but then I'm I, yeah, my neighbor's but, around the corner from me. Yeah, so, but yeah. then I feel like there's a lot of guys now. Mm-hmm. that play like you. But then I see guys like Jalen, you can say Jalen Rose. Then you can say Scotty Pippen. Right. Um, but I feel like you were a tweener because you were one of those high school, to, well, you played one year at Villanova and then went to the NBA, but you were known. Right. Um, when you look at today's NBA game, um, who else do you think plays like you? Scoop B Radio. Everybody. Me and Mark Jackson was just talking about this a few days ago. In uh, in the mall, <laughs> in the sneaker store, looking at some kicks. Right. And he was he was like, man, if if you was um, you know, ten years younger, the stuff you'd have been able to do. Because he seen me play in Milwaukee. We played a playoff series against him mm-hmm. when he was in Indiana, mm-hmm. and I played one through five. So I was guarding him. I was guarding Reggie. I was guarding the big. So he was like, man, I can imagine, you know, you playing in in your prime in this era. And, you know, you just look at it. You see, you know, 6'9", 6'10", 6'11". Everybody handling the ball and, you know, shooting the ball, being able to post up, do different things. So, you know, when I was in the league, of course, Scotty, Scotty Pippen was my, my guy. So I wanted to be like Scotty. But then you had guys like Detlef and, you know, so many other guys. That was Derek Coleman, played a little bit, of, you know, everywhere. You know, so it was 
it was um it was great back then, but now that's that's just the nature of the beast, you know. You see a six ten plus coming down handling the ball, shooting three, so it's you know, it's a different game. Jonathan Jonathan Bender was on that list too. That Indiana Pacers team back then that you talked about, I, you know those. That's a, you know he had a growth spurt and he was like his mind was ahead of his body. It seemed, but I saw he tried to make some comebacks. But that Indiana team had Harrington Bender. Um, they were a special ball club. I think they were ahead of their time. Yeah, I was a young fella. Then. I was. I don't think I was even dressed then because you had um. This was you know Reggie Miller. The mm-hmm. Davis twins, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I want to tell my age, bro. I'm a little, <laughs> <laughs> I play when you go. You know, you go in the lane and get your head taken off. It wasn't no flagrants. Tim, help me understand something. Um, I had sent you. I texted you like back in like July or August. A screenshot. Somebody was talking about your headbands. How you did the double headbands. You know, we you and me never talked about that. <laughs> you know, you yeah. saw back then Nelly was wearing the bandaid. You knew why he uh-huh. did it. It was tribute to somebody. What was with you when the cornrows and the double headbands? I was I was in Milwaukee. Um, we was I was on the winning team. I was the young fella, and um, you know, I was just coming into my own as far as you know, my game development and all of that. So I was in a nice groove going for six minutes a year. You know, we was making the playoffs. So we was trying to get over that hump and everything. And, um, you know, the fan base in Milwaukee was just crazy. So, you know, always trying to, you know, put on for the city and, you know, do certain things and just get yourself going. So at that particular time, that's when everybody was wearing, you know, everybody was had the Iverson look. Mm-hmm. Shout, out, shout out to AI. Everybody has the, the braids, the headbands, you know, all that. I was, because my name is, you know, Tim Thomas, whatever, now King Tim Thomas or whatever, but um, I was wearing two of everything, like two wristbands, two headbands, two rubber bands, everything. Right. And then um, the lead just came in and just shut it down, man. <laughs> and then started selling headbands. <laughs> And you know they say there's nothing new under the sun. Do you remember the last season when the players were wearing the ninja headbands? Right, right, right. What did you think right. of that when you heard that they shut it down? The first time I see, I think I was watching a Houston game, and mm-hmm. first time I seen um, the ninja, I said the league gonna shut that down, or they gonna put the logo on it. One or the other. I told my wife, and she was like, Nah, they not gonna do that, whatever, whatever, because it, it was just plain white. And then like two weeks later, the logo. And then what they just banned it. I just banned that. Yeah, right? you can't. They said because of safety reason, you know, right. because it's tattered in the back, and they said they 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 said they sent a memo out. They said they can't wear it no more. Well, in my case, um, the fans was loving it. The little kids stopped coming to the games with the double headbands, so the NBA caught wind of that, and they shut me down. And they made they started making the double headbands. So the poster boy at that time was AI. And they gave him the double um the du- double color headbands mm-hmm. but also with the double color um wristbands. And that was it. So when they shut you down, when you say shut down, do they call you? Do they send you a memo? How do you get in word that you can't do it anymore? Oh, they send memo to the to the office and then I guess trainers or whatever. That's how I got the news, the trainer told me. Wow. So, yeah, so that's how it goes, man. And then um you know, they put their stamp on it and they go from there. When you um, look at the NBA 
You played for the Clippers, so you could speak on it. I, I've been in and out of L.A., as you know, the last year with all my breaking of news and various things. When you play for the Lake, well, excuse me, when you play for the Clippers, um, obviously Kobe was in L.A. Um, why is there such a disdain for the Lakers and the Clippers fans? And do you think that it's good for the league that both teams now have potential championship caliber teams at this point? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at the L.A. sports scene, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Even all the way to hockey. Like, hockey's in the playoffs every year. Um, no, I mean, it makes sense, man. It's a big city. I mean, guys can live all over the place and still, you know, enjoy the city and do what they got to do. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful time to be in L.A., you know, on the sports side of things. But, uh, you know, I think L.A. is always going to be the Lakers, you know, city or a town or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just that, you know, the Clippers haven't won. But they're in position now, so it's like, it's, it's a great thing, man, to have, you know, four superstars in one city. So you can, you know, get in and out of the state and check out, you know, those guys throughout the year. It's a good thing. What is the Lakers' biggest hole going into the season? What is their biggest hole? Yeah, their weakness. I mean, having now with LeBron having AD, I don't see any weakness. You got inside, outside. You got mm-hmm. a person that can play all over the floor, and then you got someone that can really just dominate the inside or the low post. I mean, every team has two superstars, and most teams that won the championship have had two superstars, so I don't see any hole there. Who does Anthony Davis remind you of during your playing career? Um, Scoop maybe I want to say a little Tim Duncan but a little bit more athletic, shoot the three ball a little bit. Because Tim was just so solid. And also, AD's, you know, spent his entire career just solid. What is the Clippers' biggest weakness? Again, man, I mean, you have you have two guys that can get it done. So... um you know, they have, they have a lot of veteran pieces around that understand and know what it takes to win. But then they have those two superstars. So anything is possible there. I mean, it's, it's a, of course, it's a major difference. Um, now with, with, you know, Kawhi. But um, I, I just see it, you know, just playing out the way it's going to play out, man. Once, once Paul gets 100%, you know, having two superstars, man, anything goes. Because anybody could get hot. Yeah. When you look at Derrick Rose, guy that dropped 50 points against the Utah Jazz, the season before that in the playoffs, did his thing. Right. What is most uh, noticeable about his evolution from being an MVP at a young age to now still dropping buckets but being a little bit older? What 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 are you what are you most imp- impressed with? and his development. Just not everything he's been through and he's still, you know, focusing on his craft and, and wanting to get better, you know, and not allowing the injuries to, you know, affect his mindset with, um, you know, whatever it takes to prepare to get yourself, you know, going and back into those situations. So, 
Um, I can only imagine, man, being because you know Derrick Rose was my rookie in, in Chicago, and um, you know his first his first year, um, you know he had the the Boston series where he went off in the playoffs. So um, you know to see that and then to see the injuries and everything else, but he, he you know he's just laser focused right now, and I love that about him. So um, you know he got that old saying: the basketball guys are going to work in his favor because he's been putting in the work definitely been putting in the work if the season were to end today and the playoffs were to end as well who's in it who's in the the championship who's in it oh man um i don't know i would say uh i would say Sixers, Lakers. You're a former Sixer. You're a former Buck. Uh, Why Sixers over Bucks? I just think the Sixers right now have a little bit too much um, when it comes to um, having to get it done. Because the Bucks play as a team. Mm-hmm. And the big fella, we don't know if he developed a jump shot or not this year. You know, but Ben Simmons has more pieces around him um, that's capable of making more shots. So. It's so crazy to hear Ben Simmons and Jumper in the same sentence, and it's positive. Well, Ben, I mean, they say he's been working on his shot, but both of those guys, you know, have to put in the work on, on their shot. But I've just seen the, six, the Sixers right now having a little bit more than than the Bucks, and you know what? Um, when you talk about, I mean, having watched Jason Kidd, he didn't develop a jumper. He's a six four point guard. He didn't develop a solid jumper right. until the Dallas Maverick days, the, the the Knicks days, towards the end. Um, ben Simmons is a six eight six six between six eight and six ten, depending on how you know what whether he has elevated shoes on. You as a tall guy yourself, um, you weren't strictly a point guard, but I'm sure you understand the mindset of a guy who can pass, who can shoot, who can rebound and do a lot. How difficult is that for somebody that's that tall in the NBA game to develop a, a solid jumper? Is it is it nerves or is it just the spacing on the floor? No, man, it's it's just um, technique, repetition. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, it's just like you know anything, any other sport. You just gotta. Put your put your mind to it and work on it, man. I mean, it's, it's uh his thing is that you know all, all of his life he's been just handling the ball and being able to get to spots where he can dominate and control the game. So it's a little different when you playing against guys same height, you know. As you, so you gotta your skill set gotta you know play a, a major part. So I mean it's just a small thing. I, I would say he will probably. I mean they say he's been working on the shot, so we'll see this year. Mm-hmm. But definitely by by the next two years, he'll be more established and a lot more comfortable shooting the ball. So, I like how that sounds. A um, couple more questions. Scoopy Radio talking with Tim Thomas. You play for the Mavericks. Um, Dirk retired, and it seems like they're trying to or they're pushing uh, this Porzingis to replace Dirk narrative. Right. You as an NBA hooper, what say you? Do you see the comparison, or do you think they're two different players? 
No, I see the comparison there. Um, as far as skill set, you know, height, um, being able to, you know, shoot the ball, all that kind of stuff. I know Dirk is going to give him every little bit and piece of, you know, information he can as far as helping him. So he's in good hands with that. But um, I, I definitely see that. Um, he might not turn out as as Dirk because um, Dirk was just such a, a damn competitor, man. Um, but, you know, we'll see. But I like what the Mavs are doing. I like what they're doing. So. The Knicks. Did they win 40 games this year? The Knicks? Yes. Yeah, Knicks, Knicks will win 40 this year. They'll win 40 this year. They, we got to win 40 this year. <laughs> <laughs> we got to win 40 this year. Nah, I, I like what the Knicks are doing, man. Like, you know, it's a tough situation when you got, of course, the other two superstars right next door. But um, I think they're moving in the right direction, man. You know, putting the pieces together. So. I talked to Clyde Frazier uh, about a week ago, and he mm-hmm. told me defensively he likes the Knicks. Um, you know, you add Bobby Portis. You, you added, you drafted yeah. R.J. Barrett, Knox, all those other guys. Um who impresses you on that on the Knicks roster? I like all the young guys. I like all the young guys that we have. I mean, they they're they're capable of doing so many different things on the floor, and that's gonna help us, you know, later on, you know, down the road once they get you know established and really learn and understand the game. Um, but I, I love the direction that we're going, man. Um, I love that coach. Coach Fizz is want to play fast. I like that. Um, and he's giving this guy space. You know, it's not the, um, you know, that old same old uh, situation with with the <laughs> with the triangle and all that crazy stuff. So it's it's a little different. And I like I like the way you know, the listen you know. Tim, you know, you tell the best stories in the world, right? Mm. So I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I think some listeners will say otherwise. Um. Michael Jordan, you told me a story about Michael and Charles Oakley, or was it? Or rather, it was it was Charles Oakley and Scottie Pippen that told you he was going to get bought out the next day in the during the card game, I believe. Yeah, no, we was we was out at, at no, we it was at a card game um, one time, but also we was out when I first got to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, Oak told me he said, "Man, you know you ain't going to play here." I was like, "What you mean?" So he was like, "Man, you ain't gonna play here." So I ain't, I didn't know exactly what he what he meant by that. So I get in the next day, go to practice. Nobody in the um in the front office came to greet me. <laughs> I walk in the room. Um, at that time, Scott Skiles was the coach. He didn't even say nothing to me. So I end up having a a conversation with the trainer to get my gear and all my stuff, whatever, whatever. And um, what was so crazy, we had um, Ron Adams, who was our assistant in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. He's now the um, assistant on Golden State Warriors, won a couple of championships and, and stuff. So he's having great success. But anyway, this guy didn't even speak to me. We, I knew him, you know, my Milwaukee days. He didn't even speak to me. So right then and there, I knew something was up. So, so that's why I never, ever played in Chicago because they didn't even they wanted me there because I was coming off the books 
So basically it was like, bring him in and he's coming off the books. He's not going to play at all this year. And then next year, you know, he'll have to figure it out. I need a Michael Jordan story. <laughs> a Michael Jordan story? A story that nobody's ever heard that you can share. I mean, I was around the Bulls when I was um, a young fellow in high school. So I used to go to the, um, you know, the games when it came to the Garden or mm-hmm. to Jersey and stuff like that. So um, I never really hung out with them other than this one time Pip invited me to dinner. Mm-hmm. And um, they were staying at the Crown Plaza, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, what's that? Mickey Mantles is right up the street, right? By Central Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mickey Mantle. So they're up in uh, Mickey Mantle. So I walk up in Mickey Mantle's and they got the entire restaurant to shut down. And um, um, at that time, one of Scotty's agents had came and got me. So outside of Mickey Mantle, that, that street right there where, where the window is, you can see about, I would say maybe about 2,000 or 2,500 people just standing, staring in the mirror trying to see, you know, the bulls. Well, yeah. So then um, I get there like right before dinner's over, whatever, whatever. And this is actually my first time ever meeting Mike. So I met Mike, met um, Pip and, you know, um, the rest of the team. And they they was getting ready to walk out. And I, I didn't even see where security came from, for Michael Jordan. But he had about 10 guys that just, came out of nowhere like they were Secret Service. Whoa. And, you know, that's a little quick little walk back and forth to the, you know, the hotel or whatever. And they rushed him down the street so fast, man. It was unbelievable. I thought he was like the president or something. But that was like my first time, you know, eye to eye, shaking hands and, and meeting the GOAT, you know, as a youngster. And um, I'll always remember that because, you know, the media, everybody that was out there was just a little, a little crazy. And that was my first time, like, I, that's what it is to be like a, Super, super, superstar. Like I can imagine, like Michael Jackson or you know your favorite, favorite superstar in their heyday. You know, with that much attention around them. So that was cool. But do you know? Were there any other players that got that treatment that you saw during your career, even close, remotely close to that? Yeah, all the greats. Magic that way. Um, first round that Kareem. Um, it was the uh, Magic Round Ball game. Mm-hmm. First time at Magic, Isaiah, all those guys when they came to the game. I mean, they, you know, they were superstars to us because we were still in high school. We were trying mm-hmm. to get there. Me, Kobe, Jermaine, you know, Rip Hamilton. We were trying to get there. So they was all, you know, super superstars to us. But everybody got treated that way. But Mike was Mike, man. You know, once the sneakers came out and everything, Mike was Mike. So it's just, you know, a little different. Vince Carter's playing his last season, uh, this coming season, the 2019-2020 NBA season. My dog, yeah. When did you know he was special? Uh, the very t- first time I seen him in the gym. The very first time. So he was doing the dunks that everybody's been seeing the last 20 years, the stuff in the All-Star games and you know, doing regular season and dunk contests. He was doing that way back when. It's just so athletic. So 
we was we were seeing that like wow <laughs> so you know and then you add the fact that he can handle the ball and shoot the ball I mean you, you're off to the races so you know we me him and Kobe we played on the greatest AU team ever mm-hmm. and um, you know we just had some experiences at a young age just you know seeing each other develop but Vince always had that always had that Vince will be 70 years old still doing windmills. I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you. When you look at the NBA's collect, well, let, let me go back to that. You talked about, you, you, you said he'll be 70 years old doing windmills. Yeah. Dr. J is what? How old is Doc? Doc still Duncan? Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. Vince going to be doing windmills, though. Doc just one hand and throwing it in. Vince going to be windmilling that seven. Yeah, he's 69 years old, Julie yeah. Irvin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I mean, it, it, to hear you talk about that, um, just Vince Carter, I, 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 within a blink of an eye, he's out of here. Came in like 97, 98. Right. And it's 2019, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, I mean always wins. Yeah, and he treated the game the right way. Right, right. Yeah. Now Vince, Vince is a is a great dude, man. He's um, you know, I always every time I talk to him, I'm like, man, I don't understand how he's still able to go. But he just he loved to compete, stays in shape, and you know, it's just second nature for him. Where do you draw the line between you've played against Kobe, you've played against Mike, you've played against LeBron? Um, Everybody talks about goats. I believe everybody should be respected in their time, their time frame or their era. Right. How do you differentiate between the three? I mean, you can't. I mean, all of those all of those guys have stolen something from the people before them, mm-hmm. and they just made it, you know, um, look better <laughs> and and, and uh, perfected it, you know, to a certain point where you know they benefited. So. I mean, all of those guys are great, man. And, you know, like, like MJ said, there's different eras. So you can't really, you know, put guys in in those categories because, you know, Kobe came in when Mike was on his way out. LeBron came around when Kobe was on his, you know, way out. So, I mean, even though they still was competing for championships together, but Kobe was a little older. Same thing with Mike. So, I mean, it's, it's just different, man. Two dudes on and on, you know. Same thing with the big guys. Like they talk about Wilt and Shaq, Wilt and you know uh, Kareem, or you know Bill Russell. But Bill Russell should be the goat of everything. I mean, Reigns got thirty. <laughs> like, I mean, he won every year. <laughs> Eleven, twelve rings. So that's the real goat, you know. So, but I mean, hey man, you know. It's always going to be the barbershop topic or whatever, but it's it's good, man. Somebody's going to come around in the future. It might be LeBron's son and, bat, and break his records. You never know. Or break MJ records. So, you know, just hope we're around to see it. When did you know Kobe was special? Um, When we first got together. I mean, we was, we was, we was kids that were so hungry, man. Like, it didn't even matter, like, who you played against back then. You just wanted to play against the best, line them up, just go, you know, coming up, coming up out of, 
you know, grammar school and high school. And, um, you know, when we, when we got on the same team, the stuff that we was doing, of course, was easy for us. And you could just tell, like, it's just, you know, an individual that's motivated to get to where he wanted. And then, you know, he had, um, you know, his pop played, you know what I'm saying? So he had a lot, um, at that particular moment that he wanted to prove. And, um, he, he, you know, Kobe is Kobe, man. He had a great career. You know, Vince had a great career. And that's what it's about. Ray Allen said once about you, about you, he said, if he wanted to, Tim Thomas could be the best player in the league. When you guys play with each other in Milwaukee, how ahead of his time was Ray Allen? And how hard did he push you in practice? Ray, Ray was Ray was solid, man. I mean, Ray was a worker, but um, we we just we had a team that was a solid team. And when I first got there, I never I really never wanted to be in Milwaukee, right? Because I, I felt like my best fit was Philly, mm-hmm. um, even with um, AI being the guy. I felt like you know that situation was, was right for me because I could have been his, his, you know, his Robin or whatever, you know what I mean? Or his Scotty or whatever. Um, cause going to Milwaukee at that time, you had Sam Cassell, Ray Allen and big dog. So I felt like I wouldn't be able to fit in as a youngster trying to establish myself in the league. So being there for five you know, five, five and a half years. Um, we was on some great teams, had an opportunity, you know, to go deep in the playoffs. But for my growth, it wasn't good. So I actually wanted And this, you know, it's still the same way. You know what I mean? Um, me and Big Dog used to get into it all the time because I felt like I deserved more time and should have been, you know, in different situations or whatever. But he was the money guy. Mm-hmm. So... You know, that was that. But um, you know, just just in practice when I first got there, you know, I was just trying to establish myself and let them know, like, because I had also had some good games against them my rookie year, um, and and going into my second year as well. Mm-hmm. So they knew, you know, what I was bringing to the table. But I just wanted to establish myself. So, like the first two weeks of practice, man, I was just killing everybody. <laughs> and and then it made me go up the chart quicker on or you know coming off the bench. So I was the first guy off the bench by killing everybody. And then um you know we went on to have some good you know good times, some good years. Um but we just ran into some competitive and good veteran teams like Indiana stuff like that. So man, that Indiana team was really ahead of its time. But they need to do I, I'm gonna tell you when I look at basketball, they need to do a thirty for thirty. On that Pacers team, there's two teams. That Pacers team with Travis Best, Reggie Miller, Rick Smith, Chris Mullen, Jonathan Bender, Al Harrington, and and McKinney. Travis Best. Yes. <laughs> Travis yes. Best took us out with the corner jump shot. Three ball. Remember what he got game? We're the real splitters, and you're not fucking with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the other other team is the Sixers. That Sixers team that had Lou Williams, Andre Iguodala, uh, 
I think Iverson was on that team, and and and, and the dude that just signed with the with the Bulls. I can't think of his name right now. That is young. That is young. Yeah, yeah. Them two teams with the silent assassins. That it's like they're young teams, but they don't realize how good you you, you actually are. I feel like that Milwaukee Bucks team. Y'all were a young team, but you had vets that balanced it out. Even when Gary Payton was on that team. Yeah, that was later on. Um, Big Dad traded uh, Ray for Gary. That was later on. Um, um, and then we also had Mace, my big brother Mace got arrested. So, um, yeah, and and you know, big tractor trailer got arrested. So, mm-hmm. um, but but that Philly team, man, before they started trading everybody, it was uh, it was Allen, Jerry Stackhouse, and could have been me after three. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they traded Stackhouse, and then also Derek Coleman was on that team after four. Mm-hmm. So then they traded Stack. Um, I think they brought in Aaron McKee mm-hmm. on that trade. My boy Blue down at Temple this year. And um, who else they brought in? Oh, Jim Jackson. They brought in mm-hmm. Jim Jackson. Then they made another trade and got E. Snow. So, but that could have been. And then they, my second year, they drafted um, my young fellow Larry Hughes, who was mm-hmm. a scorer from St. Louis. And I think that duo could have worked. With with um with Larry playing the two. And you have to three. I think all of that would have worked. You played for Larry Brown in Philly. Right. What was like what was it like playing for Larry Brown? Larry Brown, um he hates rookies. So <laughs> my experience, my first my first month and a half was unbelievable um, as far as my experience um, with just dealing with a veteran coach that wanted to try to milk the, the rookies out of everything. Mm-hmm. So with, with training camp, um, with everything, uh, it, it was it was, <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, we was. We would um, run a mile for time, and then go right on the court, do your, you know, your drills and stuff like that. Um, that wasn't, you know, the hard part. But after practice, you know, you go two, three hours. Then after practice, you're doing a 45 minute practice hard. Like he wants you to go full speed. And this was like four months straight. And then um, it it was so bad. I had. Uh, <laughs> I had the uh, Antonio Brown on my feet, on the bottom of my feet. <laughs> so, so um, I had to push through it because our very first preseason game was um, against the Bulls at North Carolina. So I had to push through it to get to that. So I wasn't gonna miss that game. So I sat out like three days of practice, and then um, played in that preseason game. And then we turned right back around and came to New York and played against the Knicks. So those were my first two uh, preseason NBA games, which was like, I was like a kid in a candy shop. Like, can't believe I'm playing against the Bulls. Turn right back around, can't believe I'm playing against my Knicks. <laughs> yep, so good times, good times. Your tournament, December 27th to December 30th. People can check you out on Instagram. Where else can they find more information about your tournament? 
Um, you could go to NJ Hoops um, on Instagram, uh, NJ Showcase um, on Instagram, and uh, check it out there. Um, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be good. A lot of, a lot of talent. Um, and the kids, you know, just need the platform. So that's what it's about. Making sure, you know, the New York, New Jersey, Philly, um, DC, Canada, uh, teams are looking good and we could get a, a nice look. You heard it first. Good brother. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it, man. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 